Well, thank you very much indeed. Good to hear all your thoughts. You heard there, Stuart Allcroft, Chairman of City Trust, Patrick Bennett, Macro Strategist at CIBC World Markets, and our International Economics Correspondent, Barry Wood. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Final look at the markets for this morning. In Australia, the ASX 200 is up about a third of 1%. Stocks in Japan are moving in the other direction. The Nikkei 225 down about 0.9%. Uh, looks like futures now are starting to slip here in Hong Kong. And the Hang Seng is going to open 60 or 70 points lower in an hour's time. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil, $43.81 a barrel. Uh, gold a little bit firmer in Asian trading this morning compared to the New York close at $1,883 an ounce. Thank you very much indeed for listening this morning. Stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Karen Coe in just a moment. The weather forecast for today, uh, sunny periods, maximum temperature of about 27 degrees. The outlook is for it to be warm with sunny periods in the next couple of days. Slightly cooler in the morning and at night over the weekend to early next week. The temperature right now is 24 degrees out at the observatory. It's 82% relative humidity. It's 8.31. Here's Pierre Tremblay with the half-hour news. The Pentagon has confirmed that President Trump will further slash the number of U.S. troops in Afghanistan and Iraq while he's still in office. Those in Afghanistan will be almost halved to 2,500, the same number of troops that will remain in Iraq after a modest reduction there. The withdrawal should be finished in January, before the inauguration of President-elect Joe Biden. But the move has faced criticism even from within his own party. Here's the BBC's Gary O'Donoghue. The fear, I think, among some national security people in this country is that the president is looking for some kind of foreign policy splash, if you like, before he leaves office. Now, he's promised, obviously, for a long time to withdraw or to draw down troops from Afghanistan and Iraq. That's a policy promise he's made. And he's been frustrated that uh, his generals have not done that. But there are warnings, including from the leader of the Senate, the Republican leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell, that that might be destabilising and might affect America's allies. Locally, the Department of Justice has asked for a judge designated for national security law cases to preside over the case of People Power's Tam Dakji, although he hasn't been charged under the legislation. The prosecution told the district court the case of the pro-democracy activist who faces 14 charges, including violating the colonial-era sedition law and inciting others to join an unauthorized assembly may concern national security. The court has adjourned the hearing until December the 2nd to decide if a designated judge is required. Mr. Tamra remains remanded in custody. The chief executives of Facebook and Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey, have been testifying before the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee in a hearing focused on the role of social media in the recent election. In his opening statement, the Republican committee chair, Lindsey Graham, questioned the editorial process that led to some political messages being blocked or flagged as unreliable. The Democrat Richard Blumenthal said social media companies had profited from promoting hate speech and compared them to unscrupulous businessmen of the late 19th century. You have built terrifying tools of persuasion and manipulation with power far exceeding the robber barons of the last Gilded Age. You have profited hugely by strip mining data about our private lives and promoting hate speech and voter suppression. You have an immense civic and moral responsibility to ensure these instruments of influence do not irreparably harm our country. 
Central America is being battered by the second severe storm to hit the region in as many weeks. Iota has been downgraded to a tropical storm as it tracks across northern Nicaragua towards Honduras, but heavy, heavy rain is causing severe flooding in many areas. Tens of thousands have been left without drinking water. Aid workers are warning of an impending humanitarian disaster. Next news at 9. Good morning and welcome to Barrick Chat. I'm Hugh Chewitt and your co-host today is Karen Coe. Karen, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Today, a toughening line from Beijing. A senior mainland official has called for reform of the judiciary in Hong Kong, saying even in Western countries, judicial systems have to catch up with the times. He added the basic law is a living law and can be interpreted where necessary as new issues come up amid a complex social situation. He added some cliches have been repeated recently. People say that uh, last Wednesday was Hong Kong Kong's darkest day and that one country, two systems and the rule of law are dead. We have heard this many times. Let these curses become the historical record of how some people slapped their own faces and let these noises become the background music as Hong Kong starts anew amid changes. And a former director of the Basic Law Committee has urged Hong Kong to stop looking at the Basic Law from a Hong Kong perspective, saying they'll only understand it correctly through Beijing's eyes. People who love the country and Hong Kong govern Hong Kong and people who are anti-China and cause trouble are out. This is a political rule under one country, two systems and has become a legal requirement now. Well, what do you make of these comments? Is the judiciary about to be reformed? What is the future of the basic law under Beijing's new approach? Uh, let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us and we'll read out your comments, backchat at rthk.hk, or you can just pick up the phone and talk directly. 233-88266 is the number, 233-88266. Uh, joining us for the first part of the programme, before nine, uh, we have Holok Sang, Senior Research Fellow in the Pan Sutong Economic Policy Research Institute at Lingnan University, and uh, John Burns, who is Emeritus Professor and Honorary Professor in the Department of Publics and Public Administ uh, Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong. Here's an email from uh, Herman, who says, whether you agree with them or not, Chao Xiaoyang and Jiang Xiaoming raise valid points that legal systems must adapt to changes in the societal environment and that one needs to look at the basic law from a broader non-static perspective unlike what intellectually lazy or reactionary local legal professionals and academics would have us believe those close-minded legal dinosaurs remind me of pre-copernican society wake up guys the sun does not revolve around the earth and the world does not revolve around hong kong and didn't most dinosaurs go extinct that's from herman um john burns good morning to you uh, and, and thanks for, for joining us so uh we've had um the media in uh, beijing's uh, crosshairs and uh, uh the education world and uh, of course uh, legco uh it's uh, the turn of the legal system now is it Yes, I believe that is the case. Let's remember that um, Hong Kong um, is, you know, a city in China, and China has um, decided since October of 2019 that it will more vigorously exercise comprehensive jurisdiction over Hong Kong and take back political leadership over Hong Kong. Um, and so, yes, I think uh, the authorities have taken the opportunity of the 30th anniversary of the basic law to 
um, focus on the need for changes in legal and judicial areas. There's some interesting ideas here, and one of them, I think, is that, you know, the notion of the basic law as a living law, the notion of the Constitution as something that changes with the times, things like this. I think we have not been looking at it from this perspective previously. And, you know, the the recommendation or demand that we, um, cons- that we also consider the basic law from the perspective of the central government is appropriate. I don't think that means that that's the only thing we the only thing we do and it certainly doesn't mean that um, there's no possibility of opposition but it does raise questions about the nature of dissent in Hong Kong which I perceive the scope for that is narrower so professor Burns it seems that um this this idea of you know the basic law being a living law, um, the the way it was said, the tone in which it was said, seemed to uh, kind of indicate that it's a living law, meaning that Beijing will change whatever it wants to change, but Hong Kong itself maybe will not get the chance to change what it wants to change. Um, yes, I think this is one possibility. Certainly. Um you know, the the NPC Standing Committee and the Chinese Communist Party have the right and the authority to say that the basic law is whatever they say it is. And that is what they are doing, and they are telling us that this is uh, what they are doing. So Hong Kong is a... If, if that's true, China. If, yeah, if that's the true, what's the point of a basic law? What's the point of a law at all? We just be ruled well, directly I mean, by... Uh, I mean, this is a good question. Law, um, China wants Hong Kong and the rest of the country to be ruled by law. So that means, and if the law doesn't fit the times, then the Communist Party will change it. So I think the, the purpose of law, I guess, is that the, peop- the population understand what's required of them, what is permissible, what they may do and what they may not do, and that uniform legal standards are applied across the system. I guess this is, from an administrative perspective, what the central government and the party hope to get out of it. Do, do, do they want judges to do what the party wants them to do, is that, uh, as they do in the mainland? Is that the, is that the intention? Yes, now this, I think, is a very... Um, tricky business because the statements that have come out from the central government continue to say, oh, no, no, you know, the judiciary, the judiciary will continue to be independent. But this is coming from authorities who have a very different understanding of judicial independence from the understanding in Hong Kong, in the West. And so I think this, uh, whether or the extent to which judicial independence will be undermined is being undermined from our perspective, I think is something that we will have to see. But yes, and then not only that, I mean, I heard specific voices saying that, well, we need, we need some kind of uh, 
sentencing commission to look at uh, sentences to be sure that the rioters are getting very stiff sentences and things like this. So these illiberal voices are empowered by the, by you know this kind of talk from Beijing. Do you, do you think there's, they're also reacting to the fact that recently the these people who were sentenced were, were sentenced? Um, you know, they, they didn't have harsh sentences. I'm sure, of course, that's exactly what that's. Uh, this is what um, they're reacting to. But so, you know, I mean, there are ways to look at sentencing, I guess, and legal ways to do it, rather than a kind of popular or populist sentencing committee. I mean, these kind of things, you know, if non-lawyers are there and uh, the community gets to sentence people, this is, uh, you know, French Revolution stuff. Uh, yeah, let's think of, I'm trying to think of like historical equivalents or what, what's, you know, distinctive about Hong Kong is that uh, we have got used in the last uh, 20 or so years and the young people have experienced nothing but a fairly uh, uh, open and uh, liberal society with some representation in LegCo, some sort of accountability for the chief executive, um, you know, uh, liberal education, open to the world, the media, freedom to protest, uh, these things. Um, these things, uh, it seems, are, are not going to be there in the future. Can you think of a case where that's happened before? What, what are we looking at? Are we looking at is like a Prague Spring or something, or Weimar Germany, where where a, a democratic country has been taken over by an authoritarian one? I wouldn't call Hong Kong democratic. Let's remember that it was a colony. And yeah, I know, but there are democratic. Uh, sure, but there are democratic liberal. institutions. I mean, yeah. what you're saying is that it was more liberal than what the um, uh, the, the Communist Party would like. Yeah. And so, yes, uh, uh, I cannot think of an example like this. So we, what we see, this is a very unique kind of case. Hong Kong, uh, we still have the Internet, for example. Nobody so far has been talking about restricting that. Um, uh, well, no, uh, no, it's specified in the national security legislation. That's one of the is, things that's going to be addressed. We haven't, we haven't seen action on No, that. okay, but it's specified, and, you know, it's, it's in it law is. that course, it's got to be better course, supervised. I, I so. agree. This is why I identify this. Yeah. You know, Internet, media, education, and legal judicial. I, I, I guess what I'm interested in is... They're all yeah, specified when, in that. When you take away these freedoms, whether it's media freedoms or freedom to protest or even freedom to vote, when you take them away from people, what happens? I think there will be a lot of discontent. Now, people are saying that what they're interested in is stability. I mean, the authorities keep telling us they're interested in stability. But they, are, they have a naive view of what stability, stability is, um, in my view. And it's naive because it assumes that if you repress, if you... Um, slam down all of these things that we have come to expect, um, that this will somehow get rid of dissent and get rid of opposition. The only way they would be able to do this 
is to shut down the Internet, shut down media, completely reform the education system. And these are revolutionary changes, which is precisely what happened on the mainland. So if you, know, if you think you can do it through, um, through uh, editorials and legal ways to try to get people to change the way they think, the current generation of people, the way they think, I think this is this simply will not work. And, and Professor Burns, I watched the live stream yesterday of this um, forum, and the, they repeated so many times the word patriotism, patriots, mm-hmm. love the country. Is, is that going to work? I mean, are people in Hong Kong going to say, yes, you know, I'm, I'm going to buy into this? Patriotism is a very vague thing, and so... Um, it isn't really defined, you know. I mean, the, what we're told is love of Hong Kong, love of China, nothing about love of the Chinese Communist Party. So love of Hong Kong, love of China, I think, you know, Chinese citizens love the place that they're from and love, uh, and love the country. And, I mean, you look at what is China then? Is China a cultural concept? Is it a linguistic concept? Is it a historical concept? I mean, I would say citizens do love that. But if they mean loyalty to individuals, loyalty to the Chinese Communist Party, then this is a different thing. And we We are a city of immigrants. Every last person in Hong Kong, you know, if you go back far enough, arrived here. They are not natives of Hong Kong. And people came to Hong Kong with their own ideas about the Communist Party and the political system. And we allowed this to happen. The authorities allowed this to happen. The colonial authorities allowed this to happen. And so, and and China allowed this to happen. So to expect everyone to just suddenly uh, switch their notions of um, of, say, these liberal things that uh, Hong Kong values that Hong Kong has. You can find them, for example, in the human rights ordinance and things like this. Um, I think this is uh, not going to happen easily. Yeah, Holok Sang, do you you agree with that? Uh, These changes won't happen easily? This uh, this reset um, seems to ignore the people of Hong Kong? Um, Actually, I, I, I have a reservations uh, with uh, regard to what uh, Professor Burns uh, mentioned. Uh, first of all, um, the, uh, the law of living, uh, uh, that, that, that concept is, is actually uh, also applies to the common law system, you know, because uh, the law is changing all the time, you know, with, with each sentencing, with each uh, case, you know, and the, the common law is a living law. And I think all the legal experts will agree to that. So um, to the extent that uh, the law has always to um, um, evolve with, with the times, I think that concept is, is nothing new. Uh, secondly, uh, with regard to um, uh, patriotism and uh, people uh, serving on the electrical has to be patriotic, of course, um, I agree that uh, patriotism can mean different things uh, uh, to different people. But uh, there are some uh, basic uh, uh, idea 
behind it, which is that uh, you have to love the country, the people. You want the people to thrive. You want the people to live in prosperity and peacefully and so on. You see, and I think that's basic. And the, the values um, that um, is behind patriotism is that people uh, should uh, uh, be able to live freely and, and, uh, and in pursuit of their, their dreams, you know, as individuals. And I think that, that, that is actually pretty common. Uh, and it's a universal value, and, and I think nobody would dispute that. And I think even the Communist Party will agree to that too. But Holoxan, how, how do you measure that in someone? You know, there's no test that you can give someone to say, "Are you a patriot?" I mean, it, it's it's not uh, it's not recognizable from the outside. No, you um, never know what someone's thinking. Yes, uh, yes. Let, let, let me explain. Okay, if you have uh, um, if you love the country, if you love the people, okay, even if you have uh, disagreements with a with the with the system, then what you would do is actually to point out what's wrong with it and how to improve it, okay? And instead of uh, um, trying to uh, overturn the system, you see? And, uh, and I think um, uh, China's political system, of course, is quite different from that of America. But uh, there's something that is pretty uh, much uh, uh, the same, which is that... Uh, um, even regarding this so, uh, sentencing commission thing, okay, it seems to be, uh, and, uh, to, to, uh, it was described as illiberal. But let me tell you, the United States had a, a sentencing commission starting from 1984. And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay, but the idea is that all of these uh, 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 initiatives need to serve the public interest and need to serve the interests of the Chinese people. And... Of course, the Chinese uh, political system is different from that of America. And uh, the, the, the main question is we need to have an objective scientific inquiry as to which system is working better, to serve the people better. Okay, let me point it out very clearly that uh, the political party uh, in, on the mainland is actually pretty amorphous, amorphous in the sense that it is not sticking to any ideology as such, because uh, Deng Xiaoping and also today's leaders are very pragmatic. What they're saying is that whatever works, okay, if it works, that serves the people's interests, okay, they'll adopt it, okay. So it is not a party uh, um, that uh, espouses a particular way of doing things. The only thing that it espouses is that it, the country, the party, should serve the interests of the people. Okay, that's basic. And then, if you object to something coming from the party that's not serving the interests of the people, and you're patriotic, you can tell the people, explain to the people, with logic and evidence to show why it doesn't work. Okay, and that is patriotic. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm saying is that if you try to overturn the system when it has not been tested, has not been demonstrated that it's not working as well as, a, as, as the Western system, then you're not patriotic and, and you're actually pretty mad. 
The, 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 the point about the point about the, like the, the the sentencing uh, committee say in the United States is that the the government there is is accountable to the people, and yeah, we're approaching yes, a situation yes. in Hong Kong and, and where the there is no accountability. Yeah. Party is accountable to the people, and no, it's not though. And people, and and we'll, people who, who yeah. officials officials who have committed different kinds of misconduct have been sanctioned, and there are lots of examples to show that. And I have checked uh, the, uh, you know, the, um, um, checked out on the uh, World Justice Project. And sanctions against uh, 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 officials with uh, misconduct, the, that particular index is actually higher in, on the mainland than in India. Well, let's, okay, let's, talk, let's, talk, let's talk about Hong Kong. I mean, w- w- we were removing these, um, you know, th- these democratic institutions like the media, like the freedom to protest, of Allegeco, uh, uh, and so on, those remove uh, representation from the people. And so you, you, the, the point is that most people in Hong Kong support the Democrats, uh, uh, and they won't have any avenue in the future. Uh, so what's going to happen? Yes, uh, and, and I think uh, um, this is the departure. Okay, this is a departure from the past. But the spirit is actually the same, you know, because... Uh, the basic law is, is not really changing. You know, the spirit of the basic law is not changing. And you have to stick to the basic law, you know. And uh, what those protesters are, have been doing is actually trying to undermine Article 45. Uh, but I'm not just talking about the protesters. I'm talking about the mass of, of, of Hong Kong. Um, whenever there's an election, it's dominated yes. by, the, by the Democrats. Yes, yes. Because a lot of people have, been, uh, have bought that story that uh, China has somehow um, uh, reneged on its promise. But actually, what is promised by, by China is in, a, in the basic law. In Article 45, it explicitly says that there has to be a nominating committee okay. so which is will this, gain is, is this, over time. Okay, this reset, I mean, this is, this is um, Chiang Xiaoming's phrase, you know, a reset. Is, is that going to, how will the people of Hong Kong, uh, what will they make of it? trying to say is that uh, 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 many of those protesters want to dump that particular clause which says that uh, uh, the candidates for the CE post has to be nominated first in the first instance by the nominating committee. They just want to dump it. You see, and they're saying that China has broken its promise. I'm sorry, so you're not that- answering the question. I'm asking you uh, as, a, as a political scientist to tell us how you think this is going to work. Um, if if all the people, if people in Hong Kong don't want this change, if assuming that they don't, but this change happens, then what are the consequences? Well, the, what I am advising Hong Kong people is that we have to go back to the basic law. You know, it is in Article 45. Let's stick to it, okay? Instead of blaming China for breaking its promise, let us let us do not break our promise. You know, you know because. China, uh, Hong Kong people have been consulted, and we had agreed to the terms of the basic law, and we have to ab- abide by it. You see, and if you you want to dump it and you want to protest uh, uh, to dump it, you know, and and uh, and you want to overturn the the China's uh, political system and, and and protest, and I think that is something that is no longer tolerated. Previously, it was tolerated because. Um, 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 uh, Beijing thought that uh, the protest is not going to, to, to lead to social unrest. 
But uh, okay. so if it's, what, if what it's, happened in okay. the past few years okay. is that it is leading to social unrest and it's actually threatening the economy and threatening the prosperity of Hong Kong. And that's why uh, uh, so what happened? Okay, so and what, what happens next? What happens now? What will the people of Hong Kong do? Well, I think Hong Kong people have to to understand. You know, be, you know, because I I'm not asking what they have to do. I'm asking what the, what the, what you think they will do. What will happen? They really need to understand uh, that they have to <laughs> abide by the basic law as it stands. But, but the problem is, you know, Hong Kong people don't trust um, the Chinese government. I mean, if you think about what was the reason for the, the protests in the beginning, the extradition bill, because people do not want to face a, a Chinese legal system. And now we have the Hong Kong legal system being changed by China. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of fear and a lot of mistrust. Isn't it up to Beijing to show that, you know, yes, Hong Kong people should trust us? Yes, Hong Kong, um, um, yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, so, so Beijing has to uh, demonstrate, you know, that its legal system is working. And on the mainland, actually, if you look at a, a number of indicators, um, across a, a broad range of, in, of indicators, it has been improving, actually improving, okay? So it's actually, you know, we, we, we have been, we have been wearing colored lenses, you know, to, to ignore these changes on the mainland. And even in Hong Kong, you know, independence of the judiciary is not going to be affected, you know, but... Uh, How do we but, know that, though? I mean, th- this is the whole thing, that, you know, every week something is affected in a very material way. Now we've, we've got the call for... Uh, NSL judges to be pointed to a non-NSL case? Yeah, this is uh, um, in regard to something that has to do with, with, with uh, the political system. You see, if you are trying to undermine the political system, they want to defend it. They have to defend it. You know, because uh, uh, as I said, if you uh, uh, point out, if you are in a discussion uh, uh, trying to um, uh, work out uh, to find evidence that something is not working and that something has to be improved. You just lay out the, okay. the evidence All right, well, that w- it's not against the law. We, okay, we've got, we've got a break for the, for the news now. Hello, thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning, and uh, John Burns as well. Alan Lung joining us later. Uh, the weather, sunny periods with a maximum temperature of 27 degrees, 24 degrees now, humidity is at 79%. News on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Bank Charter Wednesday morning with Karen Coe and me, Hugh Chiverson. We're talking about the uh, toughening line from Beijing, a series of uh, statements on uh, judicial reform, on patriotism uh, made yesterday. I think we can uh, throw in the arrest of those legislators uh, this morning and uh, also the news that uh, uh, there's been a request for uh, and there's uh, hand-picked national security legislation judges uh, to uh, hear a case, uh, uh, even though that is the case does not involve national security uh, laws. Uh, we're talking about that. We were talking in the first part of the programme this morning with uh, Holok Sang and Professor John Burns. Uh, we're joined now by Alan Lung, Civic Party Chairman and uh, former lawmaker. And we want to hear from you. If you want to talk to us, talk to Hong Kong, talk to Mr Lung, uh, call us. 233-88266 is the number. We'll put you on air. Uh, or you can email bankchat at rthk.hk. Uh, we've got a few emails on uh, 
topics we were discussing the other day as well. Maybe we'll get to those towards the end of the programme. Uh, or you can comment on our Facebook page as well. That's Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. I think there's a comment on Facebook. Yeah, there is, Hugh. Uh, this is from Horatio, who comments on our Facebook page. He says, uh, in referring to what we were talking about, about patriotism, I love how they stressed only patriots, in inverted commas, can run Hong Kong, and yet how many of them with foreign passports? and property investments all over the world. Is it not mandatory to relinquish the Chinese passport if a foreign one is obtained? And he links to a newspaper article, the headline of which is Asia's Richest Woman Named in Leaked Cyprus Migration Documents. And also on the topic of uh, patriotism, uh, Matthew uh, sent an email. He said, it's a question for Holok Sang. Unfortunately, we didn't get it, I'm sorry, before... Uh, before we uh, left uh, talking to Holok Sang, but the question was, uh, if I love China and Chinese people, but I don't love the CCP, one-party rule, or the current leadership, can I still be a patriot? That question from Matthew. Uh, Anandang, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. Thanks for, for joining us. So, uh, as mentioned, we had a kind of a, a, a lot of statements yesterday um, to, to pick apart. Let's, let's talk about the judiciary, first of all. Uh, these calls for a reform of the uh, judiciary, saying it has to catch up with the times, that the basic law is, is a living law, uh, and so on. Uh, do you see the sense in that? Well, of course there is every sense in that, because the CCP... Uh, is using the legal system uh, in the mainland to serve the party interests, to entrench the CCP's uh, powers and uh, uh, and rule over the mainland. Um, you must know that uh, in our system of uh, the law, we use the law to uh, keep power, the exercise of public powers under check. That's why you have all this judicial review and uh, you have the legislative uh, council being able to uh, summon even the chief executive to answer questions before it. Now, so uh, the two legal, uh, I mean the two concepts of uh, the rule of law is very different. Well, one, of course, they accurately they want to accurately describe the system in the mainland as rule by law, and uh, lawyers and judges there are supposed to be um, not uh, doing anything that would go against the party uh, party's policy. And you, you can't have this concept of keeping public powers under check uh, over them. And in our system, the law is supposed to be clear and certain. But if I may ask rhetorically, <laughs> where is clarity and certainty given the speech of Zhang Xiaoming yesterday at this forum? Uh, the concept of patriotism, love of the country, etc., is really a handle for the executive to weed out people who want to uh, enter uh, into politics, take up public office. But they, I mean, the authority does not like. This is political vetting uh, by uh, this executive 
needs and this concept of uh, patriotism, uh, love of the country is uh, very amorphous and very subjective without objective certainty. Now, just as I came on, you read uh, a message from a listener who questioned whether you can love the country without loving the CCP. But the answer is, of course, a resounding no. Because in the mainland, uh, the CCP is the state. The CCP is the country. Uh, And uh, there is no uh, uh, separation between uh, party and the state. Perhaps I'll pause here and... (laughs) If you have anything to follow up. And Alan Leong, do you think that is what um, Beijing would like Hong Kong to be like as well? That, you know, the part, the, whichever the party is, which obviously it's, a, again, the Communist Party, is is also the state of Hong Kong? Well, uh, I really think uh, this, all these talks about uh, national security, patriotism, love uh, of the country, uh, uh, allegiance to the uh, Hong Kong as they are, uh, all these concepts, uh, they are uh, really what the what, what those in power would, would want to define them as the times uh, require for their uh, political purposes and to to, to be applied uh, serving their political ends. And this uh, uh, last week's um, uh, removal of four uh, democratic legislators from legislative council is certainly a tragedy uh, for Hong Kong. Particularly, the Central People's Government knew it uh, at the time I think in July, I mean in July, uh, I think the Democratic legislators, when, just before they uh, went into this uh, 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 poster, uh, this public opinion survey, uh, to, to see whether the public uh, endorses their uh, service in the extended term of one year, uh, the Democrats already said that if anyone amongst themselves was uh, to be disqualified, the whole camp would go. So this is not without knowing the consequences that the Central People's Government did, uh, of course, through the FGCSC, what uh, November. So they are weeding out all dissenting voices from the chamber and which literally has now become an echo chamber. <laughs> uh, but I, I was uh, uh, teasing uh, those in the pro-establishment camp that, uh, well, you now have the whole chamber to yourselves, uh, just like half of Hong Kong would wish the chamber to look like and to become. So you have now the opportunity to demonstrate to at least half of Hong Kong's population how you can serve Hong Kong better without the Democrats, and also you can no longer blame any failure uh, of delivery 
to uh, the opposition uh, to the uh, democratic camp because we are no longer there. Mm. What, what's going to happen to the people of Hong Kong? Are they going to go along with this? Do they have any choice? What's going to be the reaction? Because, uh, as you know, just to take the you know last year's disturbances, they were sparked by, fr- frankly, but by a mistrust, a fundamental mistrust of, of Beijing, and that seems to have been addressed by uh, increasing uh, the the pressure from 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 Beijing. Uh, so. What's going to happen? What will happen? What will, how will people in Hong Kong make of this? Well, <laughs> uh, many in Hong Kong who can afford it uh, have already voted uh, and answered your question by their feet. Uh, families have been uh, emigrating uh, to other places. And it seems that many uh, countries in the free world are welcoming uh, Hong Kong people with open arms. Uh, it seems that uh, the CCP uh, knows, well, at least it is, it is my uh, uh, thinking that they probably uh, have all these reactions uh, from the Hong Kong uh, population in their mind when they had done what they did. Uh, in fact, all these things uh, came to a, um, a, a head uh, in 2014 uh, when the um, uh, central government, uh, the state council rather, uh, published the white paper on implementation of Hong Kong's uh, basic law in 2014. And also, when the NPCSC passed the resolution on 31st of August 2014, for Hong Kong not to have universal suffrage, as promised by Articles 45 and 68 of the Basic Law. Now, coupled with what uh, has happened since, uh, well, I, I, I was referring to things like uh, the uh, co-location uh, arrangement, uh, at the XRL uh, terminal in, uh, in uh, West Kowloon, which applied mainland laws uh, within the territory of Hong Kong as they are. And we also uh, have seen and witnessed more and more high-profile uh, intervention with uh, Hong Kong's autonomy by the Central People's Government and the CCP intervening uh, through their agencies in Hong Kong and also uh, from Beijing. Now, all these uh, uh, force Hong Kong people to think whether promises enshrined in the basic law, uh, which were based on uh, promises and treaty obligations of uh, the Chinese government in the time of British Joint Declaration would continue to be here to stay and whether we could still enjoy uh, the freedoms uh, and uh, with our human rights protected by the rule of law. Um, so I can fully understand the reaction of uh, those who have decided to emigrate, but 
under the basic law. All right, our number is 233-88266. We've got a call. We've got Andy on the line now, I think. Andy, good morning. Yeah, hi, good morning. Um, the PRC government official at the Basic Law Conference yesterday said that the Basic Law is a living document and must be adapted to changing social circumstances. Right, Holok San on your programme this morning said, Hong Kong people have to respect the Basic Law as enacted, including the requirement that chief executive candidates have to be nominated by a, by a committee that supposedly broadly represented it. So, but I mean, that, that requirement in the Basic Law could have been adapted or interpreted to Hong Kong's changing circumstances to enable civic nomination, which is what a lot of people wanted, you know, back in 2014. So, Herlock is saying that the re- re- Basic Law can only be adapted one way, according to the Chinese government's demands. Um, he also said that Hong Kong people have agreed to the basic law. I think those were his exact words. And, of course, that's rubbish. Hong Kong people never agreed to the basic law. It was imposed on Hong Kong by China. But John Byrne went on to... He said something like, Hong Kong people have to support China, but not necessarily support the Chinese Communist Party. Um, what does patriotism mean? My... Hong Kong Chinese wife was patriotic, but she said to me that she was a Hong Konger and, and a Chinese, and she didn't see the two as being incompatible, but she didn't in any way associate with the institutions of the Chinese state or the Communist Party or want anything to do with them. So anyway, those are my comments. Yeah, yeah. Can I, can I put the same question to you I've, I've been trying to wangle out with other people? Is, is what, what happens now? I mean, you know, Basically, Beijing can do what they want. There's the, um, you know, they could literally, they could do, they could drop a bomb on Hong Kong if they wanted. There'd be nothing to stop them doing it. Um, they can rewrite the laws and reset Hong Kong, as as they put it, in any way they like. So, what happens now? I, I think Hong Kong people have to carry on and and resist, not not in a way that's violent and. Um, not in a way that breaks the laws. But, you know, come the next... I, if there is another alleged co-election, then vote for Democratic candidates. Uh, and what if there isn't? Or, or if there are no Democratic candidates? Well, there's there no candidates. Some, I'm sure that there will be some non-establishment candidates. There will be some candidates who don't follow the party line. If there isn't another election, I don't know. Let the Chinese government carry on making their feeble excuses. Or in the final you know, analysis, maybe they should emigrate if they feel they have to. No, I I just don't know. But, I mean, China won't be the same forever. There is the prospect of hope and change for China when Xi Jinping dies or steps down or somebody else overthrows him. I mean, I think that, Alan Leung, you know, you mentioned people voting with their feet. But what about those people who cannot, who don't have the financial means, who don't have any choice but to carry on living in Hong Kong? I mean, what do they do? Do they just sort of put their heads down and say, I need to make a living, I need to support my family, and I need to just take whatever changes come? Well, Karen, first of all, uh, there are people who can afford to emigrate. Uh, actually, Um, So it is not uh, really an exodus of 
each and every man and woman uh, uh, from Hong Kong. Uh, so, because I think I think it it, it is uh, really uh, very frustrating to uh, leave this city that we love uh, for an alien land uh, that uh, we are just giving up all that we have been used to, uh, especially the, the uh, freedom uh, and uh, the, uh, the, the rule of law that uh, we have always been very proud of. But as for the rest, uh, just to answer your question, what would uh, uh, or how would uh, uh, the majority who cannot afford uh, to leave uh, do. I've always reminded people and my fellow Hong Kongers about uh, what Van Cleef Havel wrote in 
rise to the challenges. Okay, so some, some, some emails. Um, this is from Cato, who says the CCP is steadily working through their despot checklist. People naively thought, well, at least we have an independent judiciary. Forget that now. The legal system will cease to exist except as a means to transmit repression and validate CCP rule. Professor Burns unfortunately continues to demonstrate the same naivety. The internet and free press are next. Pro-Beijing running dogs like Junius Ho, Holden Chow or Priscilla Lung are just the proxies to artificially float ideas that are CCP plans that the CCP then uses to justify supposed public support. More lies. Soon Backchat will be hosted by your vapid DABHK Commissar Nixie Lamb interviewing interviewing worded up CCP glove puppets like Holok Sang saying black is white and twisting things to find fake foreign analogies taken from United Front Lines to take. Goodbye and good night, Hong Kong. It's from Cato. Uh, and a couple of comments from uh, Andrew Kay, who says, again, your guest repeating this mantra that people are leaving en masse. Uh, any evidence to support this oft-repeated claim? Uh, and uh, he also says, uh, referring to Chuhoi Dick, if Mr. Dick and his pals threw a foul-smelling liquid in my house, I would arrest him on the spot as a bare minimum response. That's from uh, Andrew Kay. Jay says, China is China and the system for China works because they have the volume of people and you need to keep them in order. They've been brought up in that system. Hong Kong people have been brought up in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong way. We don't have the volume of people. But once China floods Hong Kong with the volume of people, of course they want their way. It's a pity they cannot put their master plan on the table, then we would all understand. Instead, China is doing bit by bit and of course people don't uh, agree. That is uh, from Jay and uh, uh, Alan says uh, love the country patriotism no one can disagree with these concepts which is why they're invoked by all governments and all who oppose them it's the definition that's the question in China it means do what the CCP says the basic law is a living law so in Hong Kong it also means whatever the CCP says it means your guest lecturing us about article 45 demonstrates this Hong Kong people thought the basic law gave them rights and constrained the government Beijing ignores all constraints on its power and uses law as a tool to control you cannot create patriotism by fiat. That's from Alan. Mm. Um, Alan, when you look at exactly what was said in this basic law forum yesterday, it seems to give the impression that the judiciary in Hong Kong is broken. There's something wrong with it. Therefore, it needs to be reformed, catch up with the times, whatever that means. Um, and, and we've seen some you know, pro-establishment uh, figures in Hong Kong also sort of say that uh, they think that uh, people's confidence needs to be restored in the judiciary. I mean, is there anything wrong with the judiciary in Hong Kong? Well, uh, what I don't think there is anything wrong with the judiciary that uh, justifies the comments from Zhang Xiaoming yesterday. Uh, by and large, uh, mistakes made by lower courts, uh, magistrates, uh, can be corrected on appeal. And what is wrong, I think, is that uh, the LPCSC is now uh, formally uh, claiming its uh, power over the uh, Court of Final Appeal. Um, our understanding of the constitutional arrangement is that uh, this omnipotent power 
I think we have come a long way from that starting point, and they are now uh, reneging openly, openly uh, on the promises. Uh, in fact, there are media inquiries for me to anticipate what would happen uh, to the judiciary after Zhang Xiaoming's speech yesterday. Now, if we are really heading for one country, one system, then we can expect uh, things to happen that would bring us closer to the mainland system. For example, in the mainland, the, the legal profession is regulated uh, by uh, the Justice Department. Right? Uh, all uh, practicing lawyers in the mainland would have their annual uh, renewal of the practice certificate, and the executive can decide on who could continue to practice. Now, could that be the next step for Hong Kong? Or um, in the mainland system, uh, the courts uh, are there to serve the CCP. And in order to make sure about that, the CCP has their cadets inbuilt into the court system so that uh, so as to make sure about that, uh, will that happen to Hong Kong? Um, and you you all know that there is this judicial officers uh, recommendation committee uh, chaired by the chief justice, and there are members uh, who can be put there by the chief executive. Now, would this job, as it is called, be with way that? Uh, authority can uh, uh, put uh, pay, patriots, <laughs> uh, according to their definition, okay. uh, into the judiciary. All right, so well, some, some possibilities there. Yeah, we're, we're out of time, but Anna thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. My uh, pleasure. Uh, an email from uh, Gobax who says, most depressing show ever. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> Lang, party chairman and uh, former lawmaker. Thanks very much indeed. Just before we go, some some uh, comment uh, re in reaction to our discussion yesterday, which was about fire safety and also a little bit about uh, Lantau and the buses there. John says, a fantastic choice of fire expert sarcasm. Uh, he said on, on air he retired 25 years ago. You guys must know the FCC. The FCC has an improvised fire sprinkler system. Uh, feet from the uh, street water main because that building could not hold the weight of a new water tank. I designed the system and to my knowledge the first in Hong Kong. If you look up at the roof of the SEC main dining room, the sprinkler layout was designed to match the existing roof trusses to minimise the visual impact, smiley face. After that project, Fire Services Department uh, issued notice permitting improvised fire sprinkler systems more recently allowed an improvised system for fire hose reel systems, again with direct feed of the water main for old low-rise building. A key point not raised is the problem created by having different enforcement bodies, the Building Department, the HAD, FEHD and FSD. HAD handles clubs, FEHD handles restaurants, FSD handles oversight, FS equipment and Building Department only handles fire doors and means of escape. The system is broken. Fire safety is a core safety that needs oversight of one body to ensure buildings are maintained up to standard. And uh, on Lantau, Simon says the standard of driving of uh, new Lantau bus drivers is atrocious, speeding tail
tailgating, failing to indicate, headlights on, full beam at night, etc. I've taken these matters to the police to no avail. You talk about educating people. It's impossible to educate imbeciles. Uh, that comes from Simon. And Maggie says, uh, can we take our dogs on his bus? I think he's talking about uh, Mr. Savelli and the new uh, Lantau Bus Company. Hard to take your dog these gorgeous beaches due to uncertainty about getting a cab back uh, would be great to go on a bus with a dog that comes from maggie thank you very much indeed for that karen thank you very much uh, thank you Hugh. and the weather sunny periods with a maximum temperature of about 27 degrees today 25 degrees the latest readings relative humidity 77 percent amid the epidemic thanks to all for being self-disciplined to protect yourselves and others thanks for keeping up personal and environmental hygiene and contributing to fighting the virus we must take further steps. Keep track of your whereabouts. If you are sick, don't go to work or school. See the doctor and get tested promptly. We will prevail over the epidemic. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. Fight, Fight the, the virus. virus. Stay, Stay vigilant. vigilant. 933, the news with Pierre Tremblay. Three former pro-democracy lawmakers, Ted Hay, Ray Chan and Ju Hoi Dick, have been arrested this morning in connection with the splashing of a foul-smelling liquid at the Legislative Council earlier this year. They're accused of creating a disturbance that had interrupted LegCo proceedings. The Pentagon has confirmed that President Trump will further slash the number of U.S. troops in Afghanistan and Iraq while he's still in office. Those in Afghanistan will be almost halved to 2,500, the same number of troops that will remain in Iraq after a modest reduction there. The move has faced criticism even from within his own party. Central America is being battered by the second severe storm to hit the region in as many weeks. Iota has been downgraded to a tropical storm as it tracks across northern Nicaragua towards Honduras, but heavy rain is causing severe flooding in many areas. Aid workers are warning of an impending humanitarian disaster. More news at 10. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. 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 Not too bad at all. Good morning. New York Sporty. Hello. You never face Facebook chat with me, Phil. Good morning. He's got the top of Gary type violence. It's a great experience if you just want to get a bit of zing. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. And welcome to Wednesday. How are you doing? Great to be back with you. Let's see. Well, still sans Janice Jensen, unsurprisingly, Nevis Animal Speak is demanding more than her full attention at the moment.